Welcome in. This is the podcast Builder versus Buyer Saturday morning edition. So good morning. Haven't showered yet today, but we're up. We're live. Um, for those of you, as always, listening in the future, I am live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, LinkedIn, and TikTok. Um, if you are joining on one of those channels, have a question on home building, floor plans, any fun stuff like that, let me know. Hit me up in the comments. I would love to hear from you. All right. So podcast, Builder versus Buyer. The goal of this podcast is bringing builders and buyers closer together. Let's just share good information about um, basically what I've learned in my almost 20 years here um, in the home building and design industry. What? How can I help you out? So um, that's what I'm here. That's what I'm doing. Um, the podcast today is brought to you by Room Layout Guide. If you're somebody that wants to draw your own floor plan, um, I work with a lot of these clients where they, they start drawing their floor plan, get to a point, and then they're like, hey, here's our idea. Can we make this into a finished home? I'm like, yeah, awesome. Let's go. Um, so if you're one of those people, you want to draw your own floor plan, but you don't know where to start with room sizing, um, I have this tool that I've created. It's called the Ultimate Room Layout Guide. It's at roomlayoutguide.com. So it shows um, kitchens, great rooms, baths. Um, every space is dimensioned. It's got my notes for um, typical construction details, why I lay the rooms out the way I do, um, all that fun stuff. So if you have anything like that, go check it out, roomlayoutguide.com. Um, also, wanted to say a thank you. So I found this out. Um, just randomly through an email um, from a um, material supplier. They're like, oh, one of my key lights just dropped here. So we'll get that fixed in a second. Technical difficulties, standing by, and we're back. Um, yeah, so I got an email from a material provider saying, hey, I loved that builder.com shouted out your podcast. We'd love to join you and i was like wait what did they do so i checked somebody on builder.com forgive me i um forgot the name of the person who wrote the article but said i was one of the top eight podcasts to look into in the um home building space which is super exciting um it's really fun to see something like that so thank you builder.com i really appreciate it i don't say this enough but for those of you that listen to the podcast and watch along tiktok and send me a message like it means a lot um so thank you for doing that thank you for joining um it's really exciting to hear from people and so i don't say it enough like thank you legitimately thank you for watching this channel ever listening to this podcast like it's exciting this is this is my life and it's cool to to share it with you all. So, um, yeah, uh, also wanted to say, so this Friday, I think it's at, I will post this on my channels. Um, but this Friday at either noon or one, um, I'm going live on a gaming stream marathon, which should be pretty fun. Um, so me and another um, an architect friend of mine named Jeff Clancer, we work really closely together. We, um, you know, collaborate on some projects and we've each subcontracted each other for some work. Um, but awesome guy. We've been in each other's weddings. Um, 
very, very great friend. So we are going to play Wingspan for an hour on Friday and stream it for you all. So if you want to um, see some of the board game Wingspan played on Steam, um, want to jump in and talk to us about home design or architecture or um, board games, join us. So I'll put the link in my bio for um, when that is going on. And the, the charity is raising money for kids in hospitals to have video games so they can just feel like normal kids, which I think is really, really cool. So jump on, join in. That would be really neat. Um, last announcement, had a shoot yesterday at an awesome house that I designed. It's it's When you start your own firm, it's hard to get a lot of pictures up of stuff you've designed because I started January 2020. Um, and design takes a while, you know, and then bidding takes a while and construction takes a while. So, um, and then you want to find the right house, the right client and the, um, the selections really work to do, to go and spend the money to get a videographer there and, and all that. So like the equation is, is hard to find the perfect, um, yeah, the perfect alignment, but I could have had a really awesome shoot yesterday. I think some of you on TikTok have, um, seen my post there. So I'm going to be posting a lot of videos on that house soon. Um, we did some really cool things with that floor plan and layout, and I just share them with you. So, um, yeah, for those of you joining on TikTok, if you have any questions about home building design floor plans, um, that's what the, the chat, the comments are for hit me up on this Saturday morning. Um, and I would love to answer any questions you have. Um, yeah, but back to the shoot yesterday. So some things we, well, we, um, some things I talked about were, um, first, the thing that really stuck out to me was the layout. Like this is one of the most open floor plans I've ever done as far as um, the main living area is concerned. The foyer goes into the dining, great room. And then there's like an, another informal dining and kitchen space there. And it's all completely open. Like this is an awesome floor plan if you want to entertain. There's just tons of great seating options. Um, yeah, lots of really, really cool spaces. Um, you get this great view of the lake behind as you enter the front door. Um, and they did this like half wall um, separating the foyer from the main dining space. And then it embedded in that half wall was a wet bar. So you still have this like foyer feeling space right as you're walking in. Um, but you get all the views and everything out back too, which was really neat. Um, and then the foyer informal dining, the, sorry, the foyer, the formal dining and the great room was all one space. It was a two story great room that was then vaulted. Um, so 20 some feet to the peak there. And I'll be honest. So my very first draft, I remember this specifically with this client, my very first draft, I sent over a single level vault. I'm like, I think you did. I talk, I was talking to the builder. Um, like, I think you'd want to start the vault at around 10 to 12 on that heel and then go to up to a peak. Cause I just, I'm worried it will feel too massive in there. If you do a two story and the builder was like, no, no, no. I definitely want me and the client want the, the two story, like, two-story plate height and then vaulted from there. And I was like, okay, we'll, we'll draw it. We'll, we'll see how they like it. Um, they loved it. And then the house just, when you walk in, it's like, wow. Like it was, it was really, really cool. So props to working with a good team. Um, 
working with fun builders and everything like that. Um, again, for those of you on TikTok, um, let me know in the comments if you can hear me, where you're watching from. Oh man, my hair is all over the place today. Um, and yeah, if you have any questions on your build or build process, um, yeah, throw those in the comments. That's what that's for. Um, let's see here. Some other things we talked about yesterday in those videos. So kitchen island size, I posted a video recently. I'm going to try and get to as many kitchen islands as I can just to show the sizing. I feel like that's really helpful for people. Every meeting I'm in, they're like, I, they ask, okay, how big is the kitchen island? And then I tell them, I'm like, oh, it's, you know, six by three or whatever. They're like, okay, is that big? How many stools can I fit? Um, so I'm going to try and just every floor plan I get in, um, every floor plan I get in, yeah, to just show you the island size, the dimensions, and then how many stools can fit. So this was a nine by four with seating on two sides. So seating in an L and it fits six comfortably like this is was a really great working space island but something to note here on an island that big they wanted to do a full u kitchen so um cabinetry on three sides like a full perimeter around that island well that ended up being about 21 feet of space that you need um to get all that in that room um which gets a little tricky with lumber spans and stuff um you know, you kind of have to go to TJI's or a, a floor truss at that point. Um, but if you want to do a kitchen like that, it really, really works out. Um, yeah, so that good on island size. Oh, got a comment here. Question. I love nine or 10 foot ceilings and also the look of vault, but are they too noisy with echoing? Um, there's a lot you can do with sound. Um, the taller ceilings usually are a little louder, um, but there's a lot of ways you can treat sound too. Um, I think a 10 foot ceiling does not feel noisy or echoey. Um, it doesn't feel weird. I'm trying to think yesterday in that house. So these were 10 foot main floor ceilings. So the kitchen and informal eating were both at 10 foot. And then the great room and dining space went up to about 20 some. And I don't remember feeling like it was too echoey or weird in there. Um, yeah, we'll be able to hear on the recordings. Um, I haven't got the edits yet back yet for my videographer. Um, but yeah, uh, Tango, my dog wants to be in this podcast. So say hop up. Um, you can see him in the background. If you can hear him, that's the one. <laughs> He's the one that's whining. Um, so, yeah, he's getting nippy. Sir, you chill. <laughs> Thank you for listening along to me yell at my dog. <laughs> he's one and he doesn't really get life yet. So he's just kind of all over the place. He's a lot of, he's just a bit much right now, but we're hoping he'll be, he'll settle down someday. <laughs> he's a good dog though. All right. Any other questions? Um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about um, some stuff we saw in that house yesterday. So another thing that I get asked about often 
Um, <laughs> such an adorable fur baby. Uh, yeah, he's he's a cute guy. He just he's all up, you know. He's a puppy, and he hasn't been out much yet today. And um, yeah, so we had <laughs> there was a um, city maintenance crew in our street with a large backhoe and a jackhammer at 4 a.m. yesterday. So obviously the dog woke up. Um, and just started barking like crazy and we're like what's going on and i'm walking him in the front yard because i think um he needs to go to the bathroom but then i realized that it was the maintenance crew out and i'm like oh man this maintenance crew is at 4 a.m like what is the deal this better be an emergency well come to find out our water <laughs> that was the water main they were fixing our water was out at six um so my wife couldn't shower so yeah it was an emergency thank you to the valparaiso city maintenance i think it was valpo city but it might have been porter county but whoever you were Thank you for getting out there. Um, but yeah, so dogs had a late night. Um, oh yeah, so distracted, sorry. But I wanted to talk about the large bank of windows on the back of a home. So again, this this home that I was shooting at was a lake lot um, and they wanted to maximize views, right? But maximizing views can get so expensive, especially when you're doing like a big two-story area like that. Um, the the full wall of windows thing um can be a lot a lot a lot um so oh my goodness this dog is driving me crazy um yeah so the <laughs> the full wall of windows can be a lot a lot um a, a lot of money because not only do you have the glass, which gets really expensive. If you're getting, you know, beyond that five foot by six foot range, um, the glass can get really, really expensive. Um, you're getting out of, um, you know, standard window sizing into a custom window, but also with that window setup, you have a lot of shear wall issues. So that window obviously is very susceptible, that wall, excuse me, that wall is very susceptible to wind loading because it's not really braced with anything. Um, so usually that ends up being a two by eight, maybe even two by 10 wall. Um, but what I like to show is the window units separately mold. So each window unit has some space between it um, for a framing member. Um, and yeah, the um, it really helps bring down the spans and everything. Um, you know what? I'm going to have to pause this stream and take my dog out. I'll jump back on. You want to? Yeah. Um, so those of you watching live, write something in the comments. Um, TikTok, I'll take you along with me. This is the first on a live stream. <laughs> Sorry, my house is painted a million different colors. I don't know if you're noticing that. Um, but hey, those of you watching on the computer, thank you for watching. Thank you for hanging in there. Um, I'm back. The dog has been let outside. So that's exciting. Those of you watching, again, any questions, comments, concerns on your build, if you're going through a build pro process right now, um, yeah, hit me up. Let me know if I can be of service to you. Okay, so I was talking that full wall of windows. Sorry, my dog was like attacking me to get outside, so a little distracted with it. But I like to show framing 
in between the window units and then separately mold the units. Um, it gives you a lot more options structurally to support your wall. Um, shorter header spans. Um, yeah, it's just it's a lot more affordable. And being in that room, I never once felt like, oh man, like they really lost their view. You know, there's not enough glass in this house. Like there was so much natural light. It's so great. Um, yeah, there are ways to do it differently, but personally, in my opinion, was that is that is my preferred method is to to break it up slightly. Um, the house yesterday had a the pantry cabinet door, which I get asked about a lot and comes up a lot um, in a design process. So it had the the hidden pantry with which looks like just a full height cabinet and then you open it and you walk through. Um, that was cool. That was one of my first houses that's like actually done it and finished it. Um, usually, um, usually they get requested, they get added somewhere along the design meeting and then they get cut because it's expensive. They're just really expensive um, systems to install. So yeah, that was cool to see. I've got a video on that. Um, fireplace size. This is something to note as well. So with this home, the fireplace is obviously in that two-story space, right? So um, the wall it's on was roughly 20 feet tall, and then it vaulted up from there. So you have this, this massive space that you immediately feel. Well, typically a fireplace chase and what I usually draw a fireplace box um, usually fits in about a five foot wide framing section. Um, so I will draw my fireplace chase at about five foot wide by two foot deep. Um, so the um, but in a room that size, five foot wide would just feel dwarfed like it's it's um, yeah, it's it's not. Uh, the right proportions. So as as the mass and the proportions of the room increase, I really wanted to increase the mass and proportions of the fireplace to really match. So we ended up framing that at about eight feet wide. Um, they did this really cool linear modern fireplace in there as well and um, really large format, like concrete looking tile. Um, it, was, it was really, really cool. Question from TikTok. Do you think the hidden pantry fizzle out as a passing trend? Um, that's a good question. I, I think it's a, a trend because a lot of people have saved the pictures, but not a ton of people have them in their homes. Um, it's not like subway tile where everybody, or um, what's the Chip and Joanna ship lap. Everybody has that in their house. Um, and so it almost feels overdone. Like we see a lot of pictures of them, but how many of you know somebody that has that in their pantry? It's actually, I would think more rare. Um, so I don't know that it will fizzle out with a trend because as trends change and the, the cabinetry looks different, that door can look different. It's a really, really clean look. So if you're doing a modern cabinet door or um, even something more classic, like that style, the pantry cabinet door works in both. Um, so yeah, I, I would say probably not. Um, I think, um, yeah, that's that would be my opinion. Um, they're cool. Again, this is something I posted a while back, but it's just one of those things that 
rarely makes it into the build because when people see the pricing on it, they're like, oh, pass. Like <laughs> I could, you know, it's usually a few, a few thousand dollars for something like that. Don't quote me on that price, but somewhere in that vicinity. And so people usually pass when they get to that point because they're like, I'd rather have a nicer cabinet or nicer countertops than really, and just do a normal door. Um, but functionally, it looks really clean and sophisticated because you don't, you're not switching up the door style as you're getting into that kitchen. Um, God, what's up, bud? What's up? Um, learning a lot by looking at your content. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching. Honestly, like I really appreciate that. I said that at the beginning, but um, it's worth saying again, like anybody uh, that's taking their time to um, watch something, I really appreciate it. Um, what is the minimum size for a small half bath? Okay, so minimum, minimum, if you want the code minimum, which I would never do, don't do that. Um, but minimum, minimum, uh, the building code, you could actually just look up online. Um, it's the 300 section. I think it's 306 or 307 is building planning for bathrooms. That'll get you the minimum you can show space between the toilet and stuff for my plans, my personal standard is a five by five. So I have two powder baths that I show typically. One is the the square where the sink or pedestal sink or vanity is on the same wall as the toilet. And then one would be the long rectangle where they're on opposite walls, kind of looking at each other. So for a square powder bath, my personal minimum is five by five framed. Um, if you want to do a vanity cabinet in there, I'd go a little bigger. Um, Six by six is nice. It gives you some breathing room. Um, and then for the long one, I usually show about seven by three and a half um, with the door being on the seven foot side and then the the toilet and sink being on the three and a half foot sides opposite. Um, that's usually what I show. That doesn't fit a closet. That doesn't fit any linen storage. I mean, you could do like a um, furniture thing or something built in later. Um, but it's not, it's not going to be a ton of extra space. Um, so, but yeah, half baths are something I have on that room layout guide. Check out roomlayoutguide.com. Um, pricing on pocket doors versus regular doors for pantry, bath, office, etc. Um, thank you for, for the comment. Um, so pricing is a little more. Um, builders hate them. <laughs> So every time I suggested pocket door, I could see the builder get a little queasy uh, if they're in that meeting with me. Um, they hate them because they're they're tricky to install. A lot of things go wrong with them. They're easy to screw up. Um, it's hard to install things. So the the recessed area, the the area that the door slides into on that framing, um, it's it's hard to. Obviously, there's not many points you can install stuff along the side on the opposite rooms. So like if you have cabinetry on that wall or you want like a toilet paper holder or a switch, like obviously it can't go where that powder door, that pocket door, excuse me, that pocket door is recessed. So then it just makes things tricky. And every builder hates them probably too because um, somebody on site has done something foolish to ruin a pocket door. They've put a piece of hardware where the pocket door was and scratched up the door or somebody left something in there and it's jammed and it's impossible to fix later because they find out about it at the final walkthrough. Um, you know, there's just a lot of stuff. So 
Builders hate them. Pricing isn't too, too much. I would really recommend if you're going to do pocket doors, show them on either a two by six wall or a double two by four wall so that you have room to do furring on one side. It'll strengthen that door unit um, and then give you some room for hardware and stuff on that. If pocket doors are large, can they warp over time? I have one that's three and a half feet by 10 feet and it warped. Um, yeah, that, oh, that's not a question. That's a statement. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because the bigger something is, you know, the, and then if a pocket door warps, it's a much bigger problem than if a normal swing door warps. Um, I guess both is a problem, but yeah, never fun. Um, if you're going with them, get quality units. Don't buy a cheap pocket door. Um, it'll fall off. And then something to think about too is the latching system. So a pocket door just never quite latches as good as a, a normal hinge door. Um, it's just not going to be as secure or, or tight of a connection. Um, yeah, that's my two cents on that. Um, any other questions here? From the TikTok and or the live streamers out there. So I'll probably go for 30 minutes. So a couple more minutes here. Um, and I'm going to get on with my day. I'll probably do a mountain bike ride this morning. Um, it's a little chilly here. So I was waiting for it to warm up some before I got out there. Because it always feels colder when you're on a bike. Um but let's see here. Cost between a metal and shingle roof. Um, that's a good question. I don't know off the top of my head. It's probably close to five digits of a price difference. Um, I love the metal roof, though. So a couple things with the metal roof system that you'll see. Um, so that there's a couple different ways of doing it, but... Most people will go with the standing seam metal roof. So all the fasteners are hidden and they're, they're completely covered. Those systems are a little more than like the stuff you'd buy at Menards um, or Home Depot. You know, they sell metal roofing and that, that stuff could get downright cheap if you want to do it yourself. And um, the install is different. The fasteners are exposed. Some people have some concerns about those. I've seen them up a lot though. And um, yeah, so um, pricing on those is is a lot different. Um, we always put a layer of three-quarter plywood on walls where pocket door resides. Yeah, great, great point. So if you're doing three-quarter, you know, on each side, you want a little bit more framing. That's another inch and a half. So what is that, five inches framed for that pocket door? Excuse me. Um, what do you recommend for a fireplace wall with a TV where the TV doesn't go above the fireplace. Um, you just got to embrace the asymmetry of it. Um, so you'll have like a, a built-in or something to the left or right of the fireplace, um, which I've seen some really, really cool ones. I would do, um, yeah, I, plan for, plenty of room for your TV and future TVs, not just the TV you currently have, but TV you think you can look in the future. Um, you can look at in the future. And then, yeah, the the wall obviously is not going to be symmetric. So um, really lean into that with your design choices. Um, 
I, yeah, I've seen some really, really cool pictures though. Um, have classic look and good sight lines. Yeah. So, um, whatchamacallit, classic look and good sight lines. Yeah. The classic look, you know, you can do some sort of masonry component with the fireplace and then, um, built in cabinetry or something to the side so that the TV looks like it's intended to be there and not just like thrown in the corner. Um, kind of thing is probably the route I would go. Got this comment here. So many metal roofs in Northern Indiana on very inexpensive homes. Okay. Yes. My wife's family is from the South Bend area and we go through there often. And I'm like, everybody here has a metal roof. Um, I figured out why. <laughs> so those are mostly Amish installed metal roofs that they get from Menards. Um, so this like not necessarily Menards, Home Depot, you know, this is the, the cheaper metal roof systems that, um, yeah, you can throw those up really affordably. Um, the standing seam, if you're looking at pictures on Pinterest though, or, um, house and you're seeing like the, the multi-million dollar house that's got the metal roof, like that's a standing seam metal roof. Um, and so those can be a lot more expensive. If you get a, a roofing contractor to quote you standing seam, it's going to be a lot more than asphalt shingle. Um, if you get the Amish to quote you Menards roof, it <laughs> might be cheaper. Um, so yeah, I wish we lived closer because I I love the the look and feel of metal, and it makes a lot of sense. Like um, metal's all recyclable or and or recycled, um, whereas asphalt is a uh, petroleum based product, so non renewable resource and can get you know really expensive. Um, based on material costs and the petroleum market we've seen nowadays and all that. So cool. Any of you on TikTok got a last minute question type fast. I'm going to jump off here in a second. Um, so, Ooh, got one right here. Designing my vacation home now and thinking of putting a fridge inside the walk-in pantry too. Is that strange? No, that is an awesome idea. Um, so that, the home I'm talking about that did the shoot at yesterday, they had a fridge in there. Um, love, love, love the idea. I don't know if I would like it as my primary fridge. It just seems really far um, from everything, but like as a backup fridge or secondary fridge, I'm seeing a lot of the, what I'll call like the work pantry um, scullery. I've seen them on plan sometime, but um, where it's the pantry is in there, but then you have some appliances in there. You might have a sink in there. You have a fridge in there, just a secondary prep space. Um, so yeah, I love the idea. I would definitely do it. Um, got a question here from YouTube. How close are you to completion once cabinetry starts going in? No countertops yet though. You're getting pretty dang close. So that's a um, trim stage, um, probably before carpet, before final paint, um, before final clean, I'm trying to think what else the exterior stuff is, is kind of tricky. Cause sometimes it's, uh, um, sometimes it lags behind based on what you have, but yeah, you're getting, you're getting pretty dang close. Um, countertops go in quick. Usually they're set in a day, as long as your builder's got a good schedule. Um, so they don't want to waste around then either. So yeah, you're getting pretty close. Sorry. I don't have a definite time frame for you but um all that all right looks to be about it thank you 
Dragonfly for watching. Um, again, appreciate it. Um, thank you for putting up with the dog and all that nonsense this morning. That was, that was fun. Um, and yeah, follow along to the podcast. For those of you on TikTok, this is a podcast that I post on Spotify and Apple iTunes and all that, um, stuff. I try to go live every couple weeks. Um, so yeah. And then all these live sessions get recorded to that podcast. You can go back. It's, I post all the recent ones are on YouTube or LinkedIn or Facebook. Um, but then all of my whole library, 70 some episodes is on Spotify, Apple podcasts, wherever it's called builder versus buyer. So you can go back and listen to all these, um, and hear all my thoughts on all sorts of stuff building related. Um, and then for those of you listening to the podcast, you want to interact on TikTok, Instagram, it's at Burnham Design Co. B-I-R-N-A-M Design Co. I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn is my name, Adam Steiner. You can look up Burnham Design Co. there as well. Um, love hearing from you. Please reach out, say hey. And um, yeah, we'll talk to all of you soon. 